Welcome back to this episode of Quantum Perspectives. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the struggles of an introvert and how do we survive in groups where we might not fit in or do we, where do we get the confidence to just be off by ourselves and not feel the need to fit in because we know where we feel at peace and what groups perhaps are not well suited for us. So let's get right into it. Have you ever you already felt the oh, need to... Oh, should we introduce ourselves first? Oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot. Got too excited there. Sorry. So back with me, you're one of your co-hosts, Jason, and my other co-host, Iori. Okay. So back to my question. Thank you for yes. the reminder, by the way. No worries. You would think by the fifth episode, I'd have this down. I heard. Uh, even monkeys fall off trees, you know? Yeah. Even the best of the best forget. But have you ever run into a situation where, or have you, since we both come from an international school and foreign country background, felt the need to adjust to a group so that we won't be by ourselves so actually i think there were not just one even like multiple situations like that but i was always the type to sort of stay as my true self not really trying too much to adapt so you know of course if I had something in common with that group or person, I might talk about that specific thing with that person. But, you know, that's just one part of me, right? It's not like faking. What about you? Well, I guess the reason why I made this a topic was because I've experienced it and I still do sometimes. Specifically because at least in my circle of friends, both, you know, at school or during school and at church now, because I'm mostly the only place I go outside to and socialize is at church now because I don't have school anymore. And I, I'm not the best social being as a homebody and introvert. I really enjoy my safe space at home. I see. So I don't really hang out with people outside, even stay in contact with people from school or university time either, where I say, Uh hey, it's been a long time. Do you want to grab lunch or something like that? Of course, there are times where I do want to do that. But for the most part, I'm mostly just YouTubing at home, practicing my art uh, skills and trying to learn new techniques as well. 
or sleeping because it's winter right now, so it's hibernating season for some of us. I see. Who are enjoying the fruits of our labor of not having classes anymore and graduating. Yay. We have that choice. Yay. But to get back on topic, I still do feel that way. Um, at least not recently, but last year when I was back from my trip from during summer, I came back and there were a lot of new people that came to uh, my church for school. And I just couldn't find myself to fit in. Not with not even the new people, but even with people that I've known for the past now seven years since I've been I've moved to this church. I couldn't really find where I fitted in or which group I would fit into. Uh-huh. Because they were all so different. And there wasn't really anybody, at least among the people that I know or youths that shared my kind of thinking or my kind of hobby. I see. So it was a bit hard for me to really feel, I feel safe to sit here and talk or just open up about how I really felt inside. So most time, almost often than not, I would find myself when faced with the question, so how was your week? I'd just say, oh, it was good. Was it any interesting stories? No, it's, you know, it's just normal school, work, at the time at least, work. Didn't really do much this week. It's a very generic answer. And I couldn't really find somebody who would want to discuss things like this, for example. What do you think it's like being an introvert? What do you think the struggles are? Why do some people not want to join Oh, let's say one of our Zoom events when there's a lot of people to open up about their struggles. I wonder what stops people from opening up about how they really feel. So it's these kind of questions that I don't know who to ask, who to talk with. I see. No, I did not give them a chance either. So fair game. I did not. It was my fault for not trying. Uh Yeah. But for the most part, I just melded or become a became a chameleon and just adapted to the groups. But recently, I, I started just being myself, whatever that really means. I just wanted to, yes, you know, I add a little what I call MSG or extra spice to the character, so it's overdone a little bit. I get too hyped up, too energetic. But it's for the sake of uh, livening up or bringing the tension to high, high tension. So I'm having a lot of fun just being myself. Yes, I might be seen as not acting my age because I'm too energetic or I'm too playful. I see. At what cost, right? I just want to have fun. I just want people to really get to know me. Because not everyone will get to know me. Not everybody will want to get to know me. But, you know, instead of... I've given up on being mysterious. I see. Or I've also given up on trying to come off as... Oh, he's he's quite mature. (laughs) But I don't want to say I'm immature, but... 
at the very least, I have more than one side, as you said earlier. There's more to me than what I present. Of course, ideally, I want to present, oh, he's quite, he has quite a bit of experience in making uh, collective judgments, or he has quite, just fill in the blanks. Like, oh, that's quite positive. You know, showing only the best sides of myself. I see. And of course, to potential partners, I of course want to show that good side. But I I realized that I was being quite cold to a lot of people. Cold, like very far or distant. And to some people that, are trying to open up and get closer. I've just been, eh, I'm just quite normal. I'm not reciprocating their um, efforts. So I'm I trying see. to change in that, in that way. Because I was under the impression that I should not be too expressive of how I feel inside. And maybe just play it off cool, you know, like uh, like that kind of character in dramas and in animes that you just stay collected, but inside you're like, wow. <laughs> but recently, that side of me is just slipping out more. And so people really know that I'm not acting. I see. Because I want people to know that I... I'm going to be authentic with you and I hope you feel the same way. Because I don't want people to assume that I have other intentions because I overthink already. I already assume a lot already. Uh So I don't want people to feel the same way. But I was also told through various people and various media that if you give everything... If you tell people everything about you and leave no mysteries, then people might just leave after that because they're not curious about you anymore. But then at the same time, you're constantly changing, evolving. Don't you think so? Yeah, but I think it's under this um, assumption that if you leave something to be curious for, people will kind of chase after you in that sense. Like they'll continue to want to get to know you. I see. But then if, you, if I tell you the story of my life, then after that, you might be satisfied and just go. But then... That's just a thought. That's just a thought. I I'm see. not saying what's right or wrong. I see. But moving on to... So you didn't have that kind of experience? So it's more like those situations never really bothered me. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Well, so moving on, where do you, where did you find your confidence? Because you're an introvert too, if I'm not wrong. I am introvert, and I don't see myself as the most confident type of person. You don't though, come off that way, though. Well, really. I don't know. Maybe because we're one to one, so it's a bit different. But. I feel like in terms of uh, confidence or self-esteem, I've reached a rock bottom at one point in my life. So I couldn't get any worse than that. So 
it kind of goes back to our earlier episode, but well, my earlier years of university, um, of course, things get harder and you need to put more effort into your studies, right? And things will not always go your way. And and I could have just persisted, but um, I lost too much confidence to the point where I started to doubt everything from my way of thinking, the choice I make, or the way I communicate, everything. And, and from there, it just, you know, started this like bad loop of self-doubt. And, you know, that, that leads to even lower self-confidence level and just keeps going. But, you know, when you reach rock bottom, you're like, fine, this is me. I'll just accept myself as I am. And also I was already sort of more honest person. Maybe I became more honest and open about it. So even sharing how I feel and stuff, because I feel like um, you keeping a bright personality for uh, other people is in a way to protect yourself. But other side of it is that you don't want them to feel the heaviness you have. Right, right, right. At, le- right. at, at least that's how I see. So that's coming from your kindness, right? Right, but right. if you really need to share and share something and sort of feel lighter, and that's sort of like being nice to yourself now. Um, yeah, so you just realize that there's that option as well. And you might just start with someone you feel comfortable enough at the time. I don't know how to wrap this up, but <laughs> it's okay, it's I, okay, I went okay. everywhere with my ideas. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. But then my question is, where did your confidence come from to be by your, just to be, continue to be yourself no matter what other people might think? For those of us who still feel that we're missing our voice in all of this, in, right. in the war against our own voices in our head. Would you like me to answer first? Or? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay, I'll let me give you some time to think. So in my case, I got a lot of help from others. Uh-huh. And finding it. I have a lot of junk, I guess, inside. Uh, like emotional and mental junk that really don't have any significance, but I'm sentimental, so I have to keep it. Like, oh, but this memory... Uh, is what what is one of the few memories that shaped me or something like that. But I have met a lot of people that have been telling me, yeah, that person, I can go to this person for something else, but they're not you. And that really uh-huh. started to really feed into, oh, I'm different in a good way, apparently. And so I got a lot of help from others that... Uh, and eventually, I 
made that my own confidence. People who told me, I go to you because you're you, not really because of what you can do. It made me, it gave me confidence. And I started believing it. A part of the experience as well, experiment as well, quantum zen, where I just keep repeating like it's fact that people like me and I'm starting to like me too because of uh-huh. A, B, and C. And if people don't like me, then that's okay because they don't know my story, but I do. And I know what, how much I've gone through. And no, nothing people say can take away the value of that or the fact that it, that has happened. And all these scars are a medal of honor because I've made it. Did that give you enough time to think about your answer? I think so. So I'd say the main reason why you lose confidence is that you have some kind of expectation or standard on yourself like this is how I should be but maybe getting rid of that and just accept again but let's like let's say for example as myself who likes to really cater to other people first uh-huh. how can we throw that away when we feel that's what makes up our whole being or our whole purpose that's what makes us happy you know serving others Right. And catering to others because maybe we have a past of not being included. So now we want to make sure everybody's included. Even if it costs us a little bit of our own happiness. It's for the greater good. Uh Do you know somebody like this? Except me. In terms of? Like do you have friends that are very, whatever you like, I like. Or it doesn't really matter. Like when I, because I know people that, when I ask them, like, what do you like? What do you want to eat? Then they'll say, oh, anything you want. I'll just follow. Or how do you feel? I don't what. As long as you're happy, I'm happy too. Do you know somebody like that except me? Maybe not. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. But I feel like a, a lot of my friends have bits of those piece into it. So hmm. just like the specific example you gave me. Some of them are just down to wherever I say for like eating out or, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure about the part where I'm happy as long as you're happy part, because I don't think anyone told me in that specific phrasing, but you just sense that from their attitude. That's why I tell some people and... It's also a way for me to, have you heard the saying, your true friends are the ones that can, will celebrate you, celebrate, sorry, celebrate your victories, even when they're in their losses. So it's, even if I'm, even if I'm going through something and I'm at my lowest, uh-huh. I'm trying to teach myself to be able to not be salty or bitter when other people are having their um, winning season and I'm in my growing season. I see. I think I also, I, I also think like that, though. 
I'm trying to teach myself to be genuinely happy for other people, no matter what I'm going through. Uh-huh. And it's easier said than done, to be honest. Because some days you just don't feel like you just don't feel like celebrating other people. Because uh-huh. I'm going through so much, and this person is, let's say, let's take you and me for example. I, I'm also trying my best, but how come? How come Yuri gets to go on residency or work with like collaboration with art, like other artists? What about me? I'm also uh-huh. trying. How can other? How come other people don't see that too? I'm working just as hard, if not harder, than she is. And I don't see myself as working hard. <laughs> yeah, but but then when you told me you got a residency, which Um, we clarified that I misunderstood what that meant off air. I was so uh-huh. happy for you, but at the same time, I thought, "How come I don't get to do something like that?" That sounds really cool. But then I'd say, "Do it from now." Maybe that's not what、but、you're asking. But... Yeah, I have enough confidence to say that's not what I want. Yeah, then that's fine, right? Yeah, but so um. To、mm-hmm. to add my point, just make yourself happy first.、Uh, just forget about your mindset of "I'm happy as long as you're happy" part. First, make yourself happy, because I feel like happy person they never they they're the ones willing to, you know, celebrate other people.、Um, some of the happiest people are the ones that are so sad in private. Then again,、um, where do you measure that person's happiness, right? Yeah, that's quite subjective, I'd say. Uh huh. But going back to confidence, then I mean, I've just recently revisited the question of: Am I confident enough to be myself in front of everyone, to an extent? Because not again. I think, as I said in a few episodes already, not everybody really. Can not to be arrogant. Appreciate、uh-huh. all of me with with my dad jokes or dry jokes or as、um, your resident friend calls cold jokes. I don't know because it just makes you like gives you goosebumps because it's not even funny. I don't know. Thank you. The story. I think the meaning is. Do you know where like somebody says something in like anime or drama, and all you hear is wind, like. Bahar. No, it's that kind of. That's the kind of that's what's called a cold joke. I see. And not a lot of people can appreciate it. I've only met one person that can really reciprocate that、uh, energy. Bye, Harry. I really appreciate this person. Not because they can accept my jokes, just them in general. But this is a bit branching off. But just to throw a little bit of my own voice in this question set of questions, I'm introverted and an overthinker. I'm. A, how do I know if somebody, if this group can even like me, and accept me for who I am, or maybe they're just being formal and polite, and saying. Oh yeah, we accept you as however you choose to to be. Is it still better to 
trust that or should I just still stay off by myself? I'd what do you say think? just I'd say just try interacting with them and you know, even if you have doubts, you stay there and you might find out that your maybe your doubt turn into reality that maybe you might find out that they might not appreciate you, but I think there's a fair chance that they do appreciate you. So I'd say just try. Is it where the confidence comes in? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it's a lot more trust at that. Well, if I had to answer my own question, the confidence part of it is knowing that no matter what they say, it doesn't devalue who you are. Yeah. What I mean by that, how should I put it in the more simple terms? Whether somebody can accept, let's take myself, whether somebody can accept my flaws or my quirky, like interest in jokes or puns or sarcasm, it doesn't take away that somebody out there or I guess one person you might not like me but another person does okay. so it doesn't really devalue or make me say well I'm such a like not, nobody seems to like me but recently I've been shifting it to oh I guess I just don't really match frequencies with this person yeah exactly it's more to that direction I'd say that's where, for me, the confidence kicks in or plays a part. Because on days where I'm not so confident, I think, well, or another failed relationship or friendship or any ship that can ship, situationship, not really, I didn't ever go that far. I just want to be friends with people. Same. But have you had any experiences where you just had to pull some extra confidence to socialize? Well, of course, as an introvert, every time I try to make myself known in new environment, it's it requires a lot of confidence. But the older I get, the less effort I require, or should I say it, I'm getting used to it. I see it as an adventure too so like okay i'm an introvert but it's like challenge accepted it's sort of like uh i gamified it to make it more fun introducing myself and you know sometimes still fear might win but that's how i get how you get used to it i guess so even if it doesn't work well, just don't see it as a failure. Just, you know, another data, another sample, another experiment. Well, let me ask a question, just re- referencing or going back to our last episode in uh, our journey as an art student and now as emerging artists and, and creatives. What about critiques? Did you ever, I mean, 
when I was in class with you in third or third year specifically, you seemed to be quite uh-huh. confident in vocalizing what you think. But for me, it was a bit more nerve-wracking, or it made me really anxious to open my mouth and make comments because I'm afraid that my answer was very template. Where oh, I like this work. I like. The texture or whatever very basic comment, and I wasn't really adding value. Adding that I'm quite introverted more before than now. Where did you gain the confidence to just make comments about people's works? Okay, this is very interesting because first of all, although you said you saw me as a confident person um, during the critique, a lot of professors said I'm very quiet. So again, it's really different on the expectations they have. Or, but anyways, um, I've actually talked about this with that video professor, sort of recently, and she said that she clearly sees now that I became more confident during the critique, partially because I've graduated. But, um, did you go to critique? Recently, I I was invited, invited as a guest critique. Oh, so. I'm jealous. <laughs> okay, let's. I stop. got invited uh-huh. for post uh, undergrad life as an artist. Not to compare, but I didn't go. Then in that's person. good. That's good. See, it's not about com- comparison. I know. I got asked this question. Now would change if I got asked again. They asked me, is there a point in focusing your portfolio Uh or do you believe in diversifying your work? Now when I think about it, I I said at the time, I got my job because I diversified my portfolio as a Uh um, jack of all trades, master of none. But uh-huh. still better than a master of one. The same. Uh-huh. But now I would think I would specify what I do just to focus it. Because when I applied for the, my job at the time, I applied with portraits, architecture, uh, like photos, uh-huh. and other works, and uh-huh. event documentation. Versus if I do it now, I'd all of that would be very portrait based. I see. And you know the the question of did you you did you find what you studied in this video class to be helpful? Uh-huh. I said yes, but as your professor professor had mentioned, seventy two hours is very limited experience compared to other programs. Uh-huh. So you have to do your own homework outside and be your own motivator. Or else you're going to fall behind once you get to the real world. So I had that kind of uh, presentation. It was really nice. I see. But I don't know where the confidence to say all that came from, to be honest. Maybe just stop giving expectations. Or again, like comparing with someone could be normal, but... Again, it's one type of expectation. Like, you have to be here. Like you said, you might think, oh, I have to be doing this. But then again, 
you're confident enough to say, but that's not what exactly I want, right? And I think that's yeah. totally fine. Now I can say that because I've done the pro- I've taken the proper time to really process what do I like doing? What is my motivation? And what's stopping me? I see. Or to redirect it back to the circle of friends uh, or groups question or situation. What do, how do I feel or how do they make me feel when I'm in that group? And what's stopping me from wanting to continue to be part of that group? Is it maybe the way that I don't get included in the conversations? Uh-huh. So I'm just there as a decoration. Is it the way that maybe when I do get in, uh, included in the conversations, I get really tired because I have to be very high tension and energetic? Uh-huh. Or is it because I don't feel well today, so I'm just going to be on power-saving mode and be off by myself? I see. Like, I know it sounds very selfish to say, but for me, it's really asking, well, what do you want? Because I have a friend that keeps asking me this question, is that really what you want? If that's really what you want, then go for it. But if you're doing it out of someone else's sake then I don't think that's something that you should continue to do because you're giving up a piece of yourself for someone that may not reciprocate or appreciate your efforts. I see. I I know we talk about all this self-love and putting yourself first, and I'm still having a hard time with that because I'm so used to uh, catering to others. Okay. Maybe because I'm in a uh, service provider industry. So I see. But now I'm a bit more confident and also because I'm around the right people that can really accept me as I am and as I continue to change. That's where my confidence was helped. I had a I had a bunch of people really help to push the push down a broken down car and then get it running. That's an analogy. I see. Also, I just realized something. You tend yes. to use a lot of analogy or uh, sayings yes yes and I'm not saying it's good or bad but maybe it's one kind of tendency you have to frame the situation you're in or frame the experience you're having your point being I don't do that I don't put myself in a frame well at least not as much as you do uh. And I feel like partially it's fun because you're sort of spicing up your life in a way. Yeah, spicing up my life, she says. Yeah, like making it more suitable for storytelling. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those. I grew up around adults. So I grew up around... Uh, by my parents' friends at it from a young age. And my parents do speak in analogies or very visual representations. Like, I may just share a few, or maybe I can. This will be a, I'll just share like one because we're going to, I think we're going to have an episode on 
um, sayings and other things that affected you and shaped you to who you, you became. But we have this one saying that we say in English, I think as well, the taller the tree, the stronger the winds are. Because if you think of a, like a coconut tree or a pine tree, they move a lot at the top. Right. The bottom is stable. Right. So the saying, the higher you go, the harder things might become. So let's take um, like idol culture because we love talking about idols. Yes. When you become yes. famous, you get you get uh, netizens, haters. You become famous. People comment and they dislike a lot of things. But when we're still, not to be offensive, when we're still down at our level, that nobody really knows about us, nobody bothers us. Right. So it's things like that. The taller the tree, the stronger the winds are. I see. And there's another one that I like that I try, I'm going to try and translate. The, how should I, I don't know how to translate it. This is going to sound off. So please, for those of you who know the original uh, saying in Indonesian, please forgive me, that um, it is the empty drums that ring the crispiest kind of they have the nicest sound because it's empty when you hit an empty drum oh I see it means people that don't know anything speak the loudest I see so that's your favorite no it's just one of the few that I start to realize it's it's trying I'm trying to humble myself with it that if you don't know like what's going on or how people feel then I don't think you should be so loud about it saying let's say we have a misunderstanding let's say going back to our friendship episode where you're late I don't mean to use this as an example because it's so sensitive but let's say some like one of your like your parents had to go to medical checkup or something but I didn't know and you didn't tell me Mm-hmm. So I'm overreacting. Oh, our situation, sort yeah. of. <laughs> Where I'm saying, I didn't, how come you didn't tell me? Uh-huh. How come you're late? Like, do you have no, do you have no respect for me? I wait, I even came early because you said you sh- I should come at this time, but you come an hour late. I can't believe, like, I should have known you. I should have known you would have done this. I didn't know anything, but I'm just going to keep talking my, like, I'm just going to keep yelling off the top of my lungs just throwing every disrespect I have because I'm upset. Uh-huh. But once you tell me, and it's like, oh, oh no. Like no longer am I gonna speak confidently as if I knew every what was going on. I see. But at the same time, you know, if I'm late, I think you have right to say that still. But I should not have the right to, um, maybe I'll go to the f- point of saying, like, is this how your parents raised you? Like that uh, kind that's, of disrespect. Uh, right? I see, that's crossing I see. the line. Uh, I see. Like, wow, I bet your parents are like this too. Like, I don't think that's nice to say. But I wouldn't say that, but just think of it that way. That's one of the things I hate the most when people say, like, I'm totally fine with people judging just me. Yeah. But like, why do you talk badly about my parents, although you don't know them? Like, they're really great. <laughs> I know, but I think the general, the general thought process is, 
the child tends to be a watered-down version of the parents. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before. I think I'm familiar with that kind of expression. Yeah, right? Yeah. So is that, it's branched off from that kind of mindset or that saying. But yeah, the, it's the emptiest drums that ring the best. I see. Wow. But then, so I've had similar experience where um, like I was, because of what I did, um, they commented badly on my parents. Oh. And... And I felt so sorry for them, so I I told, I think I told my mom about it, but her love was bigger than that. Like, you don't need to care about, like, people speaking badly on us because we're proud of you type of thing. And I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, I'll still try to behave as properly as possible but at the same time my parents respect me enough to do what I want or you know stand up for myself so again it really depends on what kind of parents you have probably some of them might say you have to always make us proud but you know really caring parents or any parents probably at the core care about their children enough to be able to say that i don't know i don't know if this applies to everyone but yeah yeah again this is for us we're only speaking about ourselves yeah i am more on the side of i'm reminded that i carry the family name uh-huh. so like wherever you go you bring like your whole family uh-huh. with you so I've been raised in a way that I must be conscious of not embarrassing or bringing shame to my... Have you watched Mulan before? The Disney... Yes, yes. You know, like, do not dishonor your family. Uh-huh. That's the kind of background that I come from. I sold. And I don't, I'm not going to say this to everyone, so at least I'm, uh, so I'm going to speak for myself, that I take pride in making people know uh-huh. that I am the way I am if they praise me, let's say, uh-huh. because of how my parents raised me. Uh-huh. So I want people to have a good uh, view of it. So I don't want to dis- bring dishonor to my family. As uh-huh. my dad said. I don't want to bring dishonor. I want people to see that they did a great job. Uh-huh. And I don't want people to, I don't want them to be embarrassed of me either. And I might take your side in saying, maybe they're not so concerned about how people view them. But but at least I want to assume in some Indonesian community, it's if I look, if I do something bad, then it looks bad on them. Right. Because the parents, sorry, the parents. So the child, because the child is the so-called product of the parents, byproduct. So if the child is bad, that means the parents must be just like that. I see. Again, Uh, I don't speak for everybody. I can only speak for what I know and what I've experienced. And I 
definitely sure that it to to some extent it exists in all Asian cultures. Okay, okay. I from what I know, does it come from respect for elder people? I'd say, but I don't know. I don't know if you've been told, but I've been told carry yourself that in a way that it doesn't disrespect your family or your parents, I guess, or family. I see. If you have siblings. Or if you're, I imagine it'd be harder or even more of a big deal if you come from a, like maybe a famous family, I'd say. Verbal. Maybe what you come from, a, maybe you, you come from a gold family or some kind of big business, like, I don't want to, what should I name it? Like maybe if you're like the son of the owner of YouTube or something like that. I see. Or like celebrity, celebrity childs. I imagine they might have more pressure. Like I watched this YouTube video of uh, the son of one of the child of uh, Indonesia's president. And the interviewer asked, and was it like being the president's son? And the he just answered, I'm just like anybody else. Like, he's just my dad. I get that he's a president, but to me, he's just my dad. Like, oh, okay. I see. Because for us, it's like, oh, Mr. President. And to him, it's like, that's my dad. But he carries himself in a way that he doesn't dishonor or makes an embarrassment of his uh, parents, especially because his parents are, I guess, I was called politicians president and the first lady is that what they call it the wife of the president i see it's again different very very different situation from us that are quite literally everyday people not, right. not really in the media spotlight in any way i take confidence as well in the lessons that i've been taught growing up and the values that i've been given I have full confidence that, for context, my um, ability or lack of ability to trust people did come from that too. I you see. never know what intentions people have for you. Sometimes it might be bad. Sometimes it might be good. The tool itself is not the problem. It's the user. Like this phrase that we were, I was told in media studies, technology did not ruin people. People using technology ruin people. For example, take the watch, for example, or the clock. The purpose is good, but the way we use it, that's what's ruining us because we're looking at the clock and thinking, oh, I have to hurry, I have to hurry, I have to hurry. Right. It's your It's your fault for not doing things earlier. It's not the clock that's ruining your life. It's your procrastination. That's, that's true. Holding you back. Because we always, there's this common saying of, what is your opinion on technology? Technology ruined people's lives. Look at social media. Social media didn't do anything bad. It's how you use social media that made it a negative impact. Right. That's just my opinion as a media studies academic. <laughs> But then, you know, at the same time, a lot of smart people with, like, evidence in uh, neuroscience, psychology, they try their best for 
people to engage. So, you know, yeah. but I understand where you're coming from because you, you also have right to totally ignore or um, not even use social media, right? Yes, but if you don't, then we're, this is a good segue back or bridging back to the main topic. If you don't use social media, you're going to be even more out of the loop. Sure. And then you're going to be, I don't know, this is going to, this might be related or might be branched off, but when did you first receive your first phone? When was it for you? Uh, I think I was 12, 10 oh. or 12. I got, I got, or the nine. I, I got mine pretty late. No, I think I got mine at like 12. I saw. For me? But the people around me already oh. got their phones, so I felt so left out. in our school it was banned to bring your phone to school I see I brought it secretly and I I was so bad at lying I brought it home and I charged it straight away my mom was like why are you charging it it's like oh I don't know just you know the battery seemed to go down over a day you try you tell that to an adult what do you mean the battery went down over a day it stayed at home and you oh. know what I did? I changed the wallpaper to my friend at school. Of course, oh. then. Why would you? Ah, uh, it just sounded so dumb when I think about it now. Of course, she could know you brought it to school. Your wallpaper is your friend at school. Interesting. In the camera folder. If I had a smartphone, it'd be a different story. My friend sent me that. This um, is SMS days. There's no way you can send an MMS. <sighs> a 12-year-old trying to argue and convince a full-grown adult. So your parents were strict because you couldn't open up about it right away. Or not. I couldn't even bring toys to school because I would lose it. You know, you never know, right? Especially a phone. Think of it, a 12-year-old bringing... By at the time, maybe like an eight hundred dollar phone or something like like maybe three hundred, five hundred. Phones weren't that crazy back then. Uh-huh. Now it's. I could buy a camera for a phone. So speaking of phone, yeah. Um, I got my first phone when I was still in kindergarten. I don't remember exactly. Like a toy phone. No, 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 a real one. Who are you calling in kindergarten? Grandma. <laughs> like, sorry, like you would just carry it around your neck or something? So, um, because my kindergarten was really chill, it was more like an international kindergarten. So mm-hmm. it was relaxing. And of course, no one was carrying phone. But I got it. Because uh, maybe I asked my parents and they just gave me, okay, I'm, I was being spoiled, but yeah, obviously I didn't have many people to communicate with Mm. and, uh, you know, people who have most time will be elders. Mm -hmm. So I was always, um, calling or even sending emails to my grandma 
Yeah. I have so a I, quick question. Mm-hmm. Is email this different from text in Japan? Do you not have text? We do have text, but um, like we call it short messages or something back then. Because when I think of, when I watch like dramas or like um, anime, they but always how- say, like, can I have your email address? Like, what's it called? Like, uh, exchange emails or mails? Well, that's probably because uh, I don't know how carriers overseas work, but we have, like, email address attached to that carrier. So, maybe the color one will be Dokomo. You've probably seen. Yes, of course. Dokomo. We have an email address that ends with at docomo.ne.jp. I mean, oh. back then, I don't yeah, use yeah. that anymore, but so that's why not many people use text. And also, texting costed. I think emails were free. Oh, back then, when I first, like in Canada, when I first got my phone, I also I got a data plan with like. Unlimited call, unlimited, oh not unlimited data, sorry, unlimited call and like 100 texts or something per day. Standard. And then you have like some gigabyte of data. But I, And I had friends who, uh, at the time I had a Blackberry, so like very oh. off type of phone. So my only communication was Blackberry Messenger. I see. But then my friends would use like iPhone or like Android. So they have to use uh, like text. And the phone bill would just go up because, you know, when you're still like young and energetic, you're like. Right. So over time, when I changed to, uh, when I got an iPhone, I was like, oh, I have Line. I have like iMessage. All these applications that I've never heard of because BlackBerry is very closed off. But yeah, I, see. I just I've always been curious about the mail address because people will send each other mails, like emails. I always thought it was like text message, but apparently it's actually straight up mail, email. I hope. And just never really understood why. But yeah, you got your first phone in kindergarten talking to your grandma. And so what sounded interesting hearing your story is that so going to uh, going into elementary school, mm-hmm. my school was also strict. We were not allowed to bring, of course, phone toys, but we also weren't allowed to bring anything with characters on, as in like Hello Kitty, Cinemoral, just to avoid sort of competition among students like who has better stuff or new stuff i see very strict national school and and i was more of a type to always want to follow rules Mm -hmm. yeah and oh yeah students were even not allowed to uh have them their their parents send them to school or pick up because they're supposed to be individual 
individualistic and like independent enough to um, go to school and come back on their own. But did you live far from school? I did, and I needed to take few buses. But um, but for most of my school life there, my mom always drove me. So I wasn't obviously following the rule, and I always had a small phone within my bag. You don't check your bags. <laughs> They do. That's why you know. Few times, uh, teachers found out, and and you know I kind of got into trouble. Also, you know how kids next to you ask, "What's inside this bag?" and I couldn't lie, because I was too, I was too honest, maybe. But my mom is more like the type, you should just lied or you know made something up or. And ta- even taking that risk, my mom was really protective that she didn't allow me to not carry phone to school. Mm. So, it's really. The opposite from your experience, my parents forcing me to uh, take those devices. I I was given a watch because I couldn't. I was like, couldn't find a clock at my school. After I was playing after school, uh-huh. and I comp- and I didn't have a phone back then, so apparently I kept my dad waiting for pickup. Uh, I was I too. I was playing soccer, but the clock uh, was unlike your clock at your house. It was on the wall. It was so far away. I see. And I was with a friend who had a watch, but I only it was my it was my soccer ball. So if I had to go, then I need to take the ball. Perfect. But they want to keep playing, so he didn't tell me the time. I see. So I got scolded, and then and then I got a watch like the next week. I was given like here's a watch so you can tell the time, because I told my dad I couldn't. I was too far away from the clock, and I, I kept asking my friend what's the time, what's the time. By the time he told me, it was already past the time for pickup. Yeah. So then I got the watch. Then eventually I got the phone. I see. Because, um, not to flex, but. The watch was a bit expensive, and once you reach like middle school or like closer to high school, you are allowed to carry your phones. But uh-huh. you just you know you can't use them during class, which is completely fine. So once I got my, I was able to bring a phone. I got to see the clock uh, without having to wear a watch. So that was quite nice. I used to have a flip phone. I still wanted a Japanese flip phone. There's so many ringtones that I wanted. That's my life goal. I still haven't gotten a Japanese flip phone yet. Those nostalgia. <laughs> it's cause they're waterproof. Oh. There's a line that's called I think Aquas by the Sharp. The yeah, those are waterproof. Before phones now are like. Our iPhones or our phones can be submerged to a depth of one meter up to thirty minutes. Japanese people have been dropping their phones in the 
bathtub for much longer. But where are we at? Do you have anything else to add? Or... Well, I'm still not confident enough that I've answered uh, these questions properly. But... Then let's end it this way. Do you have any tips on how to find confidence in being yourself in front of others? Just simply believe in yourself and don't be scared of judgment because I don't think they will be judging you. That's it. Mm, I don't want to copy what she says, but I would say mine would be at the end of the day, you're going to be the only one that cares about yourself. Yeah. And you're the only one that can add a bit of you into the conversation or bring a, something that's uniquely you to the table. And I say that because I'm also in the process of really embodying that, not just saying and believing it. But it helps when you meet the right people and that can also convince you patiently that you bring a lot more than you think to the table. And yes, let's say I might go to someone else for something, but there's also some some things that I can only go to you for because you're you. So I hope that whoever is listening to this can also learn to really celebrate you Celebrate yourself a little bit more and understand that there's no one else like you. And I want to hope in a, in a good way you take it. Don't take it in a bad way. But where can people find you? So I have an Instagram account for my artworks. So just type in I-O-R-I dot a R T W O R K Iori dot artwork. And if you would like to find where my works are, it's also on Instagram at Jasoto, which is J A S S O E T O. And if you would like to find our Instagram, where you can also find our Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music and TikTok links. It is also on Instagram at Quantum Perspectives. That is Q U A N T U M P E R S P E C T I V E S. Thank you for listening to this episode of Quantum Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we can't wait to hear you or talk to you again in the next one. Bye. Bye.